0: big warm welcome to you. This is the Aware Parenting Podcast with Lael Stone and Marian Rose, PhD. We have juicy conversations about things that matter in parenting and life. We're exploring all that Aware Parenting has to offer from many different angles and we are so glad that you're here. Hello and a big warm welcome to you. This is Marian Rose. And I'm Lael Stone. And welcome to our episode on screens. This is a 10-hour episode. <laughs> <laughs> it could be. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, there is so much to talk about with this topic. And I think we've been waiting for the right time, haven't we, Marion, to discuss this? Because it's a big one and it's something that I think we both get asked about a lot. And in this day, at this present moment that we're recording this, we're in the middle of this incredible change on our planet where everybody's locked down at home. And I'm sure screens are getting a big workout in many households all over the world right now. Uh, so we thought it's a pretty apt time to talk about it right now. And we're going to talk about well, many things in this podcast, but some of the the magnificent things about screens, how they can work for us beautifully, how we can have connections through screens and then also the flip side of that of where we can see issues turn up. So we're going to try and explore many of these different topics around it.
0: Mm, I would like to start off with uh, compassion. Mm. Uh, you know, have a, a passion for helping us get free from guilt as a culture. And this is something that I think for many parents, they can be picking up that guilt stick a lot. So the way I see it, if we are hitting ourselves with that guilt stick, it's actually going to be very hard to be clearly observing what is happening with a child or children or teen or young people. So I'm going to be inviting us and everyone to, to wherever possible, put the guilt Guilt stick down because actually, then we have more capacity to really see what's going on and also respond more empathically and effectively.
1: Mm. And I'd like to just say, um, on the back of that, for this current moment that we're in, in time where there is a lot of stress and there's a lot of fear, and we are in such a time of unknown. And screens can be just magnificent. You know, I I have just let go of any attachment to what my teenagers are doing at the moment. They're spending a lot of time on screens because I'm watching that they're trying to figure out how to navigate what's happening in the world. They're really trying to stay connected to their friends when they can't see them in person. And, you know, I'm seeing that, you know, we're only a good kind of week in here in Australia of, of this shift and change that as it moves, you know, that will shift and change as well. And and our last podcast we recorded on fear, you know, I think we even mentioned in that, you know, now is not a time to get really perhaps super strict on things and to really, to go, you know, this is going to be what it's going to look like from now on. We're in such a time of unknown and we probably all need gentleness. And sometimes that is screens may be part of that as well for us. I mean, I was like, oh, what new season of something can I binge watch right now? <laughs> have I'm <you> found something? <laughs> hoping, well, I did watch something amazing the other day, but, you know, I'm, that's my default sometimes. I, I like to check out a bit by, oh, what season can I, you know, what, what show can I watch 36 episodes of back-to-back? <laughs> so, you know, we're human and we have to be kind to ourselves of of how we use screens as well. So I love that starting
0: with compassion. Mm. And I love what you're bringing in now, because I think, again, that comes back to one of the foundational pieces of aware parenting, isn't it? We're always looking at those. Well, we're looking at that screens can meet needs, very um, real needs, and really understanding that uh, for all of us, screens can be used to meet needs. Screens can also be used as a very powerful repression mechanism. So it's really, I think what what I love about this approach is that the more more we understand when we or our child are using it to meet a need and when we're using it more as a repression mechanism, then we can choose how we respond. And that might be also exactly in these times, consciously choosing to use it as a repression mechanism. I actually think it's really helpful to know what our go-to repression mechanisms are and use them consciously, again, without without guilt sticks, without self-judgment is like they're really helpful things to use in conscious ways. Whilst also knowing, like with any repression mechanism, it's putting a lid on the feelings. It's not actually that those feelings are still going to be there and they're still going to need to be um, attended to at some point in time. But but I think that differentiation is really, really helpful. And and I'd love to, for us to talk more about that Mm. and really clearly looking at all the different needs that, that screens do meet because as you said, I think in our culture, there is so much judgment around screens. Did you say that? Or was that a deja of I think you did say that. I'm I think sure there's... I said it sometime. <laughs> but there is a lot of judgment. And I think, again, when we actually take some time to go, okay, what is going on here? Like you're saying with the, with teens, like there's so many ways that actually connection needs get met, staying in touch. And so when we're really... Um, Yeah, looking a little bit more below the surface rather than just having this blanket thing. Screens can be used in many, many ways. So let's bring lots of loving awareness and observation to Mm. what's going on underneath. Mm.
1: and for anyone i just wanted to touch on this too if if you don't really know what a repression mechanism is we've done a podcast on this so you can definitely go and listen but in a nutshell it's just something that we all do as humans to kind of check out for a bit it's it's a way that we do it so that we're not necessarily feeling what might be present for us in that time and it can be anything i mean we've talked about this in our podcast people can use alcohol they can use online shopping children can use food you know we can you know screens can be you know it's something that we go to when we don't really want to feel what we're feeling and we want to i call it just numb out check out for a while and sometimes repression mechanisms repression mechanisms are amazing because they keep us safe, they help us cope in very stressful situations and then other times we're using them too much where we're avoiding life and we're not dealing with stuff. So it's finding that delicate balance and I think screens play into repression mechanisms so beautifully. They're such they're the modern-day version really of, you know, how can I disassociate on some level, disconnect? How can I just check out by doing something you know, that doesn't require me
0: to feel or to be really present sometimes. Mm. as you're speaking as well Ellen I know when I was growing up more in the 80s it was there was a lot of smoking going on in all the teens everyone was you know there's a lot of smokers and I don't know about you and maybe it's different in Melbourne but certainly around here it's actually really rare nowadays to see someone smoking so I think it really took over as the repression mechanism of of our time <laughs> yeah
1: yeah so do you want to talk about I guess the good parts of what mm. you see with screens of what what you mm. find or what or where you sit within
0: that? Yes. I'm really passionate about this uh, to really help us each to connect in. Because for everyone, it's going to be different around what needs get met. So I'd love to actually invite those of you are listening. What what if you were to connect in rather than judging yourself and rather than the times where you know you're just going in because you're and you're scrolling and you're actually not even really feeling that great when you're scrolling but what about the times where perhaps you're doing an online course and learning new things or you are facetiming with a friend or um, learning something new or feeling uh, even and it might be even watching like a, a Netflix thingy and uh, a thingy, that's a very technical term, isn't it? I remember watching, what's that English series with the kind of the upstairs, downstairs? what oh, is it Downton Abbey? Downton Abbey. I remember I watched the last episode of Downton Abbey. I don't know if you ever watched it. And I remember feeling so energized and alive and i cried at times and i felt elated and felt so connected and, and the whole theme and the story i i related to in myself in various parts of my life and you know as you, as i'm speaking and i see you silo i was like you know the screens can be amazing things to help us uh, you know, feel more actually and understand more and connect more with ourselves. And often it's it's really the observational thing or, or looking into ourselves whenever we are using a screen. Are we feeling more live and after we've been on the screen do we feel more energized do we feel excited do we feel you know maybe you're doing an, uh following a yoga course or a, some kind of exercise course at the moment is great that that's happened a lot hasn't it i've seen a lot of yoga studios suddenly um, do lots of online stuff so it's really seeing ways that we actually can come more alive it meets needs for learning and for connection and for community i know for me uh, you know, having an uh, aware parenting community all over the world has brought such a deep sense of belonging. Uh, and again, for our children, similar things for learning, for community, for inspiration, for um, entertainment, that is actually a need. <laughs> uh, I know for my kids who are homeschooled, they've, they do, like Sonny has a, a maths app that he really enjoys doing. So there are so many really important and beautiful needs that we can actually meet through screen. So, what I love to do is to take away the guilt stick so we can see that and we can actually celebrate that. And then we can actually see more clearly by really observing, as I've said before, like how how do we feel actually when we're doing it? How do we feel before and during and after? And we can also be inquiring into that in, in our children or observing them because that's like any repression mechanism. We can really tell whether it's a repression mechanism or meeting a need by those kinds of observations or by those listening Mm. ins. And Mm. that I find really helpful.
1: I love that. And I would love to add to that, you know, being in the world of teenagers who are pretty strongly connected to their phones and, um, and technology. I mean, again, I really see what a world it opens up for them. You know, I often talk about that, you know, your kids on Snapchat or on Instagram or on their phones really is equivalent to us coming home from school and ringing on the dial-up phone to our (laughs) friends, even though we'd just seen them half an hour ago on the bus and sitting there on the phone for two hours talking the same amount of kind of whatever. Uh, That's what our kids do, but they just do it on a different platform these days. So there's still all that connection. And, I mean, I'm, I'm just so grateful right now that we have technology so that we can all see each other so that my teenagers can chat with their friends. So that, you know, my daughters are doing a lot of makeup tutorials at the moment. (laughs) There's a lot of makeovers going on. There's a lot of fun stuff that's happening. Thank, you know, thanks to screens and to, um, the, the fabulous internet so there's so much joy and, and magic in what it actually brings and what opens up a world of possibility I mean like you Marion your business is run online my business is run online I would never have been able to touch as many people with my work without it so I, I am very grateful for it and very grateful for what it affords us to do but I guess what I see oh you've got one more thing you want well, to
0: actually when you I'm, I'd love before you go to what you see <laughs> mm. I, I'm even thinking you know when we see clients or even now we're looking at each Mm. other and really the amazingness of human beings that when we see each other on screens all the same things are happening we're we're using the same mirror neurons you know we can feel that deep sense of connection and I know when I'm working with clients and uh, as you too that we still we're actually picking up all the same information like it might be called counter-transference we're picking up feelings that perhaps they're uh, about to be moving into and intuitions and uh, all all the same kind of information is available non-locally basically Mm. which is magicalness so it's almost like screens help us connect in with these capacities that we have, which are pretty incredible. So I really wanted to say that before you move yeah. into the the other side. The yeah. other side. <laughs> yeah.
1: I really I agree with you. Like I find if I'm doing an in-person session it takes as much presence doing it online as it does in person because mm-hmm. you are tuning into somebody's body and what they're saying and doing and reading their body language and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I agree. There's, you know, there's, there's just, it's, there's magic in it that allows us to connect with people all over the world. It's incredible. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I love what it brings to us and then I also hear where it is a great uh, cause of stress for a lot of parents and how it can become a source of a lot of angst, a lot of um, fighting, a lot of big feelings that come up in families when there's limits on screens and when, you know, parents want kids to stop doing that kind of stuff. So before we dive into that, you know, one of the things I'd love to say in, in my teens and tweens workshop that I talk about, we talk a lot about screens and technology, is the first thing is, I always really encourage parents to check their own story around technology. There's often, you know, sometimes there's a double standard in that, I don't, you're not allowed to be on technology anymore and you need to get off your phone whilst they're sitting there on their own phone, you know, mindlessly scrolling. So we need to be really aware of what we're modelling to our children, firstly, around our relationship with technology and um, what our children are witnessing within it. And I also think, too, as the parent, it's really important to tune into what. Do you make technology mean? So, I know for some parents that technology whenever they see their children on it, they just see it as a rejection or they see it as it's disconnection. They see it as my kids don't want to be with me and my kids are numbing out and they're not, you know, being connected and all those kind of things. And they see that as a bad thing. And so, you know, like we always talk about in Aware Parenting, I really encourage parents to look at what comes up for them first. If we're talking in regards to their kids around technology, what is the story that comes up for you around this? What do you make that mean? And that usually has some pretty... Uh, Nice insights and threads into what might be going on for you as a parent. So I think that's always a really good place to start of what are the fears that come up for you around your kids being on technology? What do you make it mean? Um, You know, what are you, what are you thinking is happening? All those kind of things. And I guess what I see also too in modern day is that, you know, there's a big thing, I guess, out there in the in the world. You know, talking about technology and the dangers and the risks, and and they talk about it being so addictive. And you know that there is the science there that talks about those addictive elements in the brain and all those kind of things. Without doubt, a lot of that is um is very real and true. And then they talk about techno tantrums. So when you try to get your child to stop playing Minecraft or to get them off the computer or those kind of things, and then the child's having these big meltdowns, and they're like, it's all technology's fault and it's addictive and it. It's all bad and, you know, they shouldn't have it in the first place or those kind of things. I think we're missing a big component there of what's happening when when we're saying no to technology or we're setting some limits around it, around then what's happening for the child. And I think that's where in our modern day we're missing that piece of the conversation to talk about what's happening for children when we take away technology. So in talking about earlier that technology can be a repression mechanism you know kids are like i want to go and watch this show or i want to play minecraft or i want to do Fortnite, or i want to do something where i get to zone and check out because i don't really want to feel what i'm feeling and then when a parent comes along an hour later and says you need to stop that now well, if they're being made to stop that, you know, well, one of two things can happen. Sometimes one, the child might be in the middle of something really engaging and exciting and a parent says, you need to get off now. And they can actually feel quite powerless because they want to finish something that they're doing. So sometimes that can be a cause of angst. Or the second thing is that if the parent is like, that's it, you've got to get off now, then a lot of what may have been brewing underneath that that child was not wanting to feel um, as we take away that repression mechanism, then those feelings are going to come out. So we might see anger and we might see rage and we might see a lot of feelings because the iPad has been helping them just check out. It's been numbing. You know and again, if we put this in the context of you know if we were to replace technology with drinking alcohol, smoking cigarettes, smoking a joint, all those kind of things, when we were like, if someone said, "You need to stop doing that now, And all the stuff that we'd been, I guess, pushing down deep and numbing due to drugs and alcohol is going to surface because that's who we are as humans. Those feelings have to come up and out. And so that's often the equivalent of what technology can do for children. And I think this is where I love Aware Parenting so much because it gives us such a deeper understanding of that when we set a limit with technology and if our children push up against that, then we have the skills and the knowledge to go, ah, okay, okay here's something that's sitting underneath and I can hold the space for you to process that. And I mean, we can go into that a little bit more, but I think that's where having, uh, having worked with this with my kids for a long time, I don't see no tantrums. I'll do that in inverted commas. um, I don't see that reaction when I say, Hey, I think it's time to turn off your screen or, you know, where are you at with it? You know, because they're having the opportunity to process their feelings as much as possible. So they're not using it as much to numb out. So for me, often the answer of when we're seeing kids wanting to numb out with technology a lot is we're needing actually to provide more connection with them. We're needing to provide those bridges of connection, those opportunities for play, for laughter, for releasing feelings so that they're not needing to reach for that repression mechanism, that screen as much. So, you know, to not feel what's happening.
0: Mm. So beautiful now. And I love that you bring in connections. It's really the foundation of aware parenting, isn't it? I think often people tend to think it's about the feelings, but I think that connection is, is the core one. And when you're talking about, looking at ourselves i often think about connecting with ourselves you know i love that list of three connecting with ourselves in terms of what we are thinking and what we're needing and what we're feeling around screens and often i find it's that thinking part and what we're telling ourselves exactly as you said that can lead to really big challenges in families because if we are telling ourselves really harsh things and often i find they're either thoughts about the future you know, if they don't get off the ipad in the next 10 minutes what are they going to be like when they're 17 or often judgments of the child or of ourselves as parents that that's often where the tension comes because if we're in that judgment or fear around the future, we are not going to be able to go in and move in, from a place of that that grounded centered place where we can actually connect in with them and from our own self-connection we can connect in and connect in with what's going on for them exactly as you said because you, you know if we are in the middle of something you know if you're in the middle of watching a your last episode on netflix of the the the, the, the well you know it's just ten more minutes and it's and, and someone turned off your screen you would justifiably be really pissed off so it's also listening into that in a way that we the more we can support ourselves to feel connected, to not be judging ourselves or them to be fitting in a compassionate space. So we can actually, in that beautiful way you're talking about going in with curiosity, you know, where are you? Oh, I, you know, I have another 10 more minutes on this episode, or I want to finish this level. So we're actually going in, in a, in a way that actually listens and acknowledges, listens to and acknowledges their needs as well as you know figures out what's actually really going on for them so I think that connection piece connection first with ourselves of course because we can't connect with them if we're actually in that in our judgmental mind or when feelings from our past that's another thing to really explore like often can be really helpful to look at how were screens for us and often it might have been more like tv and Videos. How was that in our family? How how are we treated? What did our parents or family members do around that? Did they? I've often found that one of the the, the pain points for people is if they're perhaps their mum and dad uh, watched a lot of screens and, and didn't connect with them when they were wanting connection. That can show up when when their child is on a screen. Is that the little inner children that have those same feelings because those feelings want to be heard? And of course, if we're responding from in a six year old whose mum, we're actually feeling the feelings in response to our mum and dad because we want to be played with, and we're directing that towards our seven year old. It's never ever going to go very well. So, again, you know, as we, we go on about the key is always first that inner work to actually understand where it went in ourselves. So, that we're more likely to become able to come from that compassionate, grounded parent place who can actually see what's going on for our child and respond in a way that's going to be helpful rather than leading to all kinds of power struggles and disconnection and not enjoyable stuff.
1: Mm. And yeah, I love all that. I love the bits you bring in, Marion, because like you
0: bring in this, I go, yeah, here's this bit. And then you go, oh, there's a bit more, (laughs) oh, yeah. I mean, I, I know and then know. I go. There's a way. I love that. I love what we do together because we we bounce off each other, don't we? We learn from each other. Like I'm yes. nodding. As yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. have the same with you. I'm like, yeah, that's really helpful. I'm going to take that into account.
1: <laughs> uh, so there you go. For everyone listening, just know that we are learning as much as we as we go along. Um, <laughs> I I would love to say a few things to, to that as well. Is that I have found in the past two, what can make a big difference is having beautiful open conversations with our kids and depending on how old they are around what feels good around technology. So what feels the right amount of time to spend? What are you looking at? Having lots of open conversations around technology, you know, what feels appropriate to look at, what doesn't you know especially as we move into the tween and teen years you know you've got to have a lot of candid conversations with your kids around safety around that sometimes there's pretty stuff online there's you know there are people online who aren't really doing good stuff and we need to help our children be aware and savvy and stay safe so having guidelines and boundaries around those things um, and so I, I really love the idea of having like a family meeting to say what feels good. Now, you're not going to probably do that with your four-year-old. Um, you know, you, you're probably more going to be like, yes, you can watch half an hour of that and that's that's fine. And then you can, after the time has gone off or the show's finished, again, even if um, we're setting a limit on that and the child then is like, no, oh, I want to watch more, you're allowed to still have that limit. And so I hear you, sweetie, but that's ish. And just knowing that if feelings come up, there's probably feelings there that are accumulating anyway and being able to hold that space to see how that feels you know for the child but I think moving into those tweens and teens years it's good to really have lots of open candid conversations around what is appropriate what is not you know look this is a delicate topic and people have different opinions I am not a big fan of um, checking your kids um, phones and stuff like that particularly in the teen years I, I feel like it's for me, at least, it's a lack of, um, it's just not honouring their privacy. Now, I know there's a lot of fear and safety and that could feel um, but people might not agree, which is totally cool because I'm all about you've got to find what's right for your family. For me, it was very much around I want to keep chatting to you. I want this to be really open. I want it to be completely safe for you to come and tell me whatever feels whatever's going on for you so we we have a good understanding around how to keep ourselves safe online and you know having private accounts and not friending people we don't know and if we do see anything appropriate you know I've had many conversations particularly around things like pornography and again my sex ed part of me will really highly recommend that you start talking to your children around that there are uncomfortable or inappropriate pictures and videos we might see online really from about the age of eight or nine we need to start having these conversations so that children know that if they do come across something, they can come and tell you um, so that we've had all these conversations. We keep having these conversations. We keep making it safe for our children to come and tell us when they're seeing stuff that doesn't feel good or something is going on online that doesn't feel all right. Now, again, I think it's, everybody has different um, ways of how that works in their phone, you know, in their families. Like some, you know, in our family, our kids didn't get a phone until they were moving into year seven, so they were twelve or thirteen, and that's when we'd have conversations around that and how do we stay safe and what do you, you know, what do we need to discuss and talk about. So we would, I would spend a lot of time with them on their phones, looking at stuff, looking at pictures, sharing memes, looking at funny stuff, making it a place of connection so that it was really easy and open to talk about whatever was going on and having check-ins and having other people they can check in as well. And, you know, I found that to be a really great way to navigate it. And also, I guess my biggest piece within this is that the more connection we offer our children, the less likely they are to want to numb out on their devices. So I found that the more, if I was watching my kids start to check out a little bit or I was feeling like they're spending too much time, then I would come in with connection and say, hey, let's hang out. Do you want to finish what you're doing and then let's go do something together? And I think that's one of the big things too. If um, if your child does have a hard time getting off technology, you want to offer them a bridge into some connection so that it feels good for them to to get off the device so that they've got something to go to that feels good, that feels connected, that that gives them that safety so that if there are feelings there, there is more connection for them to actually bring up you know, whatever is sitting underneath. So I found that in the times when I did really want my kids to get off technology, I'd always come in with a, hey, I want to hang with you, what what could we do? And finding a way to be together. Now, sometimes that still meant being on technology, being on it together and finding other ways or finding things that we would do or find funny or those kind of things so again I always come back to connection is always the answer (laughs) for most things but it is it is so it is important again as we come back to checking our own story as we're saying of what are we meeting our kids with can we offer them that bridge you know their brains are still developing and growing and it is hard for them sometimes to regulate and it is hard for them to sometimes not get sucked into a whole other vortex with online stuff which can be really you know plays into all those parts of our brain the dopamine. Mean that likes reward and we want more rewards and all those kind of things, so again, we have to look at all right well, we have to offer more connection and more reward than what the internet does on some level and and i 'll just add this a little bit, and that for me again too is a lot of the teenagers I work with, particularly around when we talk about pornography and those kind of things they're so curious and they're interested and they want the information and we need to offer them more information that's louder than pornography to give them the right information um, to open up conversations so they can learn in a way where they don't actually have to go to that. And, And again, I have seen with a lot of the teens I've worked with who do have strong pornography addictions is often when I talk a lot more about how is it in your family and stuff like that, they often all have a massive lack of connection with their parents or safety to come, to with a whole lot of feelings and so they're looking for a way to feel a sense of something you know and that's that's where they're receiving it and pornography and those kind of things so again i come back to it, you know this is a delicate topic and it's one that's going to have different rules and paradigm and parameters in every family and i really encourage people to find what sits and feels right for you in your family because every family is unique and different but i think if you come from that place of connection And how can I honour you? How can I honour me? How can we all get our needs met here and stay safe online and, you know, and stay from coming from this beautiful place of connection? Then you're taking really
0: great steps forward. So beautiful. uh, So, 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 such a big yes. I love the connection piece. It's so so important, isn't it? And I think it's a really helpful, almost like an anchor if we're ever unsure. Like, what what do I do here? If you ever have that question, what do I do here? Connection is, <laughs> and often that self connection first. I often think as well for for younger children having that connection. I loved you talked about the bridge. I love that the bridge with the well. I tend to think about before screens, during screens, and after screens. So with younger children, I tend to think that connection on all the, all of those three can be really important so that might be having the conversation before you know really clear conversation before and and setting up you know what do they want what do you want and then during actually having some connections so the younger a child is the more important it is to be actually exactly as the same that we can do with older children too but actually spending time watching things with them playing things with them can be really really helpful and then in terms of making that bridge off, to, off off often it can be really helpful so if we have a time limit so there can be all different ways that we can put limits around screens but if it's a certain amount of time or it's the end of a particular episode it can be really helpful to come in say 10 minutes before the end and maybe sit and watch and maybe ask questions if that's if you know if that's not going to be distracting for them so that again we're showing interest they're feeling that connection and that can be a bridge then that we may even Talking about that thing afterwards, you know. Oh, you know, I saw you did this, or in the episode X, Y, and Z happened, or you know. Again, for younger children, we can use a lot of play in those ways. So, for example, if they've been watching um, an episode of something, we may then say, "Okay, do you want to play?" I'll be. um, I'm trying to remember some characters. I can't really remember them nowadays. Um, Like Charlie and Lola. I'll be. I'll be Charlie. Do you want to be Lola? Let's pretend we're going to the zoo and let's find some animals. So. Uh, using attachment play can be a really, really helpful thing with younger children around screens. And, and finally, again, that, that, um, that overlap. So, for example, if they love Minecraft, how can you, um, you know, you might be wanting to go and read a book together about Minecraft afterwards or do some drawings about it. Or, so, again, the more there's that link between the, the non-screen life and the screen life, it, it helps create more of that sense of connection. There are some great attachment play games. Anyway, Karen, I'd love to hear what you were going to say. No, I was
1: also thinking about too of. Um, I was listening to a pod, uh, like a in a webinar on technology and particularly teens and stuff like that. And they were saying some what the research shows is, um, which they're finding really alarming, is that children don't have or kind of the tweens and teens don't know how to experience boredom anymore because they've always got something that can stimulate them even on the bus on the way home you know when you were catching the bus home from school and you used to sit there and daydream out the window um you know they're on their phone so they don't even as they're walking home there's there's none of that kind of boredom contemplation that happens which is where often creativity comes from which is where we think about who we are in the world all that you know boredom and those space that spaciousness to daydream is really really important and knowing that's important and knowing that is hard for kids to do because they're you know this next generation of children that are coming have been born into a world where there is constant stimulation if they want it that we have to teach them how to be bored together so to get off the screen so hey let's go outside and let's lay on the grass and be silly or look at clouds but model How could we sit in boredom and unknown, even if we're doing it together for a little bit and seeing what happens, to be still, to look at the trees, to do those kind of things. Like, again, sometimes they need that bridge to help do that because it can be tricky um, for children to naturally know how
0: to do that when that isn't the world they've been brought up in at all. Mm. Oh, I love that, Lal. That's gorgeous. Let's look at the clouds together. I know with my son, often in the morning we'll sit on the hammock and, and just like kind of look at the clouds. It's such a lovely... Lovely, lovely thing. I want to talk a little bit more about attachment and play for younger kids. It's going to be a really helpful thing. Um, again, can be really helpful so that knowing that we don't always need to just give information or set a loving limit, that, there, that play can also be a really helpful way. Um, we've done an episode on attachment Play if you want to understand more about the incredible power that it has to help illicit cooperation and um, heal from fears and trauma and all kinds of things. Uh, and I, I'm really remembering one story right now, one story, one experience uh, with my son and he was on the iPad. It was a few years ago and his dad had come around so... They were all sitting on the sofa and I was there as well. And he didn't want to get off the iPad. So I started playing this game. And I was like, You know what they've they've invented this new iPad stand and it's a really realistic human. It just looks like a human child. You just would not believe it because it's so realistic and I, and you can move its legs and its arms, but it just doesn't ever. And it's like stuck to the iPad. So it doesn't ever drop it. And it's an amazing thing. And so, you know, he would, he started laughing and and that was a way into, to to connect in. And, and one other really great one that actually a, a friend told me many, many years ago that I did with them, When they were much younger, which is a little bit—it's a little bit of a a bigger (laughs) game. Which is, I went off into the bedroom and I drew an iPad on my tummy, (laughs) and I put some—I put some little apps on there, and I came in and I and I kind of jumped out and I said, "Okay, it's the it's the mummy iPad. Which which one do you want to play?" And you know, the the laughter and the the shock value was quite fun for that one. So, again, it's remembering the power of laughter to you know, again, like you're saying, is like. To support them in, like, oh, okay, this is, this is going to be fun here and connection. And I actually want to go off and hang out with mum or dad or whoever it is because there's, it's going to be fun.
1: Mm. I, I look, I'm even finding that now on this. Beautiful um, space of lockdown. My daughters are doing a lot of TikToks. I'm sure of anyone who's got a tween or a teen, you know what this is about. So there's a lot of dancing going on, and it's become this rivalry with my daughter and her, some of her school um, her school friends and their mums. We're all like making TikToks together. And then everyone's like, <laughs> it's so cute. It's funny. And My daughter's like, come on, we've got to do another one today. And what I love is that they're so much better at it than me. And, you know, there's that power reversal stuff where they're teaching me how to do it and they're laughing because I Can't do it, and then they try and get my husband to do it, and he's not good at all with it, and he and that just makes them laugh even more. And then they share that with their friends, and it's it's beautiful because they think it's hilarious. They think we as parents are completely ridiculous and goofy, but it's again that beautiful connection and laughter and what what is possible within it. So there is so much magic. So much much possibility for connection, isn't there? You know, so much.
0: Yeah, it it reminds me of that time. I think I probably shared the story too when uh, I said to Sonny I was going to do like a big chunk of screen present time with him so I used to differentiate present time and screen present time Mm -hmm. so I did about two hours of gaming with the two of them Mm -hmm. and my son's a big gamer and you know I'm not I'm really not competent at all and it actually really helped me see my parenting showing up in him because the whole time this two hours I was like, you know, almost in tears and like, Oh dude, I'm so frustrated. I can't. And he was, they were both where, they were giving me empathy. They were giving me encouragement. He kept on, you know, in the game, killing himself and letting me crawl over him so I could get to the next level. It was just the best ever. And it really helped me see that. Yeah. So it's really, it's part of that thing of entering their world. You know, if there's something that they really love when we go and join in and are interested in it, it's there's something beautiful. Like, you know, when I asked you, you know, what, what have you been watching on Netflix? You know, when you chat with a friend and you've really enjoyed something, there's a connection is everywhere if we look for it. And, and the antidote to repression is connection. So that's a really helpful thing to remember, isn't it?
1: Totally. I know that, um, I don't know if you've seen any episodes of Bluey, um, Marion. I mean, I don't oh have God, little yeah. kids anymore, but any of my friends who have toddlers are like, you've got to watch this, layla This is like a web parenting. <laughs> and, um, and the episodes are so beautiful and gorgeous and divine. And I think, uh, you know what a wonderful thing to do and sit down and watch with your child. So then you can talk about it. You can talk about how they respond to all those. things. Again, there's, there's a lot of room here for connection, isn't there? So Um, much what we're seeing. Yeah. And I think, you know, we're talking about that connection and and meeting our child, but it's also again, coming back to that it is okay to set limits around technology. It's really important sometimes to set limits around technology. And whenever we talk about setting those loving limits, it is always remembering that we can say no, to whatever's going on so we you know that's enough now but then yes to how they feel around what how, how about you setting that limit. So if they do have big feelings when you tell them to get off the computer or the iPad, you know, that, again, coming back to those aware parenting philosophies of holding that space, really acknowledging, I see you're upset, you want to watch more, but it is a no for now, but you can tell me how you feel, and really holding that space and energy for them to offload whatever maybe have been built up for them, you know, whatever's gone on for them so that they can release it and come back into balance. And, again, when we see that they come back into balance, and they're less likely to want to go and numb out on those screens because they're feeling better
0: within themselves and, you know, they're, they're more open for connection. Mm, I love that. And as well as loving limits as well, I'm thinking about holding limits and particularly for younger children. I know one of my particular passions is around and the, the way I see it. A lot of movies that are really marketed to very young children is one of my passions. Uh, actually contain a lot of content that I think, the filmmakers don't realise they're actually really quite traumatic for young children. I'm often really shocked um, about what I see, and that, because that, I see things marketed often for three, four, five-year-old children, and they're you know really really um, big themes. And I even remember when Lana, she was about two, and someone bought her back in the days of DVDs. You remember them, um, Bambi? And I know I was like there's no way I'm going to show my two-year-old a, a thing about Bambi. And again, there's no judgment if you if you do, but I think it's particularly important in these times for younger children to be remembering if we are saying yes to more screens and we're, we're supporting them and using them also for more repression because there's more feelings around... It's not going to be so helpful if then they are actually watching things that they're going to have big feelings around. So if they're big themes around death, often separation, particularly at the moment, I I really invite parents to to really pay lots of attention around that. Because if your child's watching something, and I do hear this a lot, particularly of highly sensitive children, watching things that then... know they have nightmares about or they're thinking about a lot or they're then needing to really process and play a lot around and and I think for young children it's really enjoyable to use screens as beautiful gentle entertainment and learning rather than things that that, you know more stuff there's already enough stuff to be processing without adding more stuff on at the moment so I have a particular passion around really being aware of that and you you know finding things that are really gentle and lovely Mm. like um like Bluey I mean Bluey's just got a whole lot of attachment play, and it. it's amazing mm. so Bluey or I used to like Charlie and Lola you know those kinds of things rather than some of the some of the movies which have really quite heavy themes in them
1: mm, I think
0: that's really good advice and it's worth watching with your
1: child and watching their body language watching how they respond what's going on you know and you could even stop it and say how are you feeling what do, what do you think that means or opening up some conversations around it Yes, because it's, you're right, like often and then children will often then have to work through what they've seen or how that feels for them. And you say, so right, there's enough going on in the world to add more of that on top of it. It's big, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, look, and then, you know, we take that into the kind of older years, teenage years. Uh, you know, I'm big on watching whatever my teens are watching so that I know what they're watching, we watch it together and then we can talk about it. Like my daughters and I just watched the second series of Sex Education, which I love. Oh my God. And my husband was watching what we were in hysterics. We were laughing. We're talking about the characters, all the themes that come up and it's so brilliant. They're really amazing learning opportunities, opening up conversations around so many different things. What do you think you would do? How do do you think they felt? You know, this, I remember this happened to me when I was a kid, you know, I'm always big on opening up those conversations so kids can see, you know, that we're human as well and have been through those different things. It's just such beautiful opportunities for learning and Growth, particularly if you've got twins or teens to go into their world and see what they're watching, what themes are coming up, and having to have more open conversations
0: around it, it's really important. Yeah, really, really important stuff as well. Unless you're like me, and years ago my daughter got way above me, and I was like, I can't watch anything scary. And she's always like, Mum, it's not real. And I was like, Oh. <laughs> and every time we watch a movie, they're usually like, You're not going to cry, are you? Because <laughs> I always cry. Like always always anyway
1: yes I like so. that I love it when it turns it? yeah my daughter loves horror movies and I'm like no nah, no nah, can't do it I was like that's too scary I go is something scary gonna happen and she's like probably like I can't watch it like that too, <laughs> oh, it's so funny isn't yeah. it I do remember uh, um, when stranger things first came out and I was watching it with my daughter and then I was like an episode behind and I watched it while she was at school and it was during the day and I got so freaked out. I was messaging her <laughs> at school which <laughs> I went to going, Oh my God, I'm losing it. And she's writing back. <laughs> like you know your mum, mom Leo, like i'm sitting there going, this is scary i can't watch this anymore on my own and she's like mom it's like daylight it's you know and it's not real and i'm like i know and i mean that even in its sense was in itself is so beautiful um just you know i don't know that connection that sharing something is, is magnificent isn't it so look at amazing. us little gentle sensitive poppers <laughs> <laughs> we, just, we just need to watch bluey and that's it <laughs>
0: Ah, very lovely yeah yeah i'd like to have one little quick thing just particularly as a as a homeschooling mama and it's a subject we were having a chat about and for me really beforehand is that i tend to think about screens is they can be really helpful for us to meet our needs when our children are watching screens so i know for me as a as a homeschooling work from home mama there's really you know, there are lots of times that screens have been really, really helpful for me that you know, the, the the beauty of screens, it can really, you know, it draws us in, it helps us really concentrate. And of course, that's the thing that makes them really hard as well when we don't want our children to be or our young people to be on a screen. So I think that can be a really helpful thing to hold in mind that sometimes that... um that drawing inness of screens can be actually meet our needs and other times they really cannot. So I always like to hold that in mind. I find that helpful thing again, to be deeply compassionate with ourselves. And you know, that bigger cultural picture that we don't live in, most of us don't live in big community. And if we did live in big community, there'd be a whole load of people around to, to be entertaining and playing with and reading stories to and all Mm. of the things.
1: Yes. And so yes to that right now in this current time where nobody's really, I mean, if you're at home with little people and you are not getting any time for yourself, self-care, then if they're watching more stuff and you get to have a cup of tea on your own or lie down for 20 minutes like that, hell yes. Like this <laughs> yeah, is really, yep. this is survival right now of, you yes. know, this is really, really important. So give yourself that. You know, we we have to. We're doing the best job we can, and sometimes we have to be so deeply compassionate with how that looks. And and at this particular time in history, that's important. You need to just do that and let let all that go, so that you can actually get your needs met, so that you can take care of your family in
0: the way you need to. So, yeah. Yes. So Fully. back to the beginning. Put the guilt stick down. We're ready for you to do that. <laughs> yeah fully support that
1: yeah Mm. so yeah so to finish off i mean i i would be really curious to hear or just for parents to perhaps tune into um uh, I just had total mental blank. Sorry, I
0: think as well you were probably seeing me and see how that happens. I noticed that with you. I was looking at my list to see whether I'd said anything, everything I wanted to say, and we we feel that, don't we? If someone's energy, even on a screen, yeah. we yeah. can feel that. I, I yeah. noticed that with you when you're looking at other way. I'm like. Hello, Leo. I'm hey. over here. I'm talking. I'm <laughs> <laughs> okay, still
1: having it. Okay, going to come back to what we can, what I was we say. We can
0: feel the connection. We can still feel the it, connection.
1: Yeah. That, that is so true, isn't it? Yeah. I was going to say, I'd love you to tune into what are you making screens mean in your life. That's what I was going to say. What is it that it? What is? What is it that you make it mean around your kids, around yourself, all that kind of stuff? To so perhaps just you know feel into a little bit around your story with it. Mm, what about for you, Marion? what would
0: be your It would be yeah, definitely to see if you can put the guilt stick down, but also inquiry. I always find really helpful to inquire into, like if you are scrolling maybe on Instagram or something, it's like connecting in with, I have this little thing that I do, which is you can just bring a little bit of awareness and love into that. Like, yes, I know I want to go and pick up my screen now and do something with it. But actually, how would it be even if I just put my hand on my heart and, and had one conscious breath and just sent some love to myself? And then you can still go on and scroll or do whatever, but just just bringing in really the antidote to repression is connection. And we can do that. We can give that to ourselves, even, even in that small way that can make it all the difference. Because again... Mm-hmm if we're using a repression mechanism in a conscious way, it's actually a really different thing to using it in a way where we're actually not really aware of what we're doing. Cause then we're mm. saying, yes, I am feeling upset. Do I have capacity right now? Could I phone a friend? Um, we can check in and then we might go, no, actually, I'm still going to go and have a look at 67 um facebook posts (laughs) but we're choosing it's a very different thing (laughs)
1: it is isn't it it is yeah i yeah i love the humanness of us all (laughs) yes oh dear and on that note i'm gonna go see what else i can watch (laughs) no Oh, funny, funny. All right. Well, thank you everybody sure for being just, here again. Oh you know, we'd love it if you share our podcast or you can rate us on on iTunes or send it to your friends. If you found that this has been really helpful, we love making these podcasts. And we think, that, you know, they're needed even more right now on our planet to just keep coming back to that connection and trust and love and all that kind of good stuff so we're sending all of that to
0: you mm-hmm. and we're going to put we'll have a few little links as well in the uh what is it called show notes show notes we're going to put some links in there as well if you want to see and so so much love to you and enjoy whatever you're going to be looking at next yes <laughs> okay, bye bye
1: Thanks for joining us on the Aware Parenting Journey. Please follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The Aware Parenting Podcast. You can find more about Lael at www.laelstone.com.au or find Marion at www.marionrose.net. We wish you much compassion and grace on your parenting journey.